Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and we are going at your questions again very recently, just maybe maybe three or four weeks ago, we added this Saturday show to the podcast so that we could talk about what's going on in your world. We love getting your questions. It makes this so much more fun. So if you have questions that you want us to tackle here on this Saturday episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash inbox to submit those questions. We love hearing them, so do not be shy. Primalpotential.com forward slash inbox. Questions, topics, suggestions, something going on in your world that you would like help with, and stay tuned for future Saturday episodes of the show so that we can touch on them. Also, one quick thing before we dive right into your questions. As you know, the spring 12 Weeks to Transformation is underway, but we have finalized plans for a summer session, and that wait list is up now. So you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash transform to get on the wait list, learn more, and be the first to hear about details for the summer session, dates, details, all of that, primalpotential.com forward slash transform, or you can go to the show notes page for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 588, and that information will be there as well. We've got a bunch of good questions, and I'm here with Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hello. I'm really looking forward to today's questions because they're we've been getting a lot of questions. I agree. There's some good ones for today. And they've a lot of them have been coming in through our Primal Potential Facebook group. Yes. Which is super fun. We literally, we sit across from each other and just, what, 10 minutes ago, I was like, oh my gosh, did you see so-and-so's post? Like, it was so inspiring. It gave me goosebumps. And then you read it and you were like, I have goosebumps too. So good. It is such a good feeling to surround yourself with inspiration because all of us have things in our lives that just don't make us feel so amazing and don't feel so positive, but we can all be intentional about creating a tribe around us that just encourages us. And I don't, I don't know about you. I'll just ask you specifically, like, do you feel encouraged? Like, does it make a difference for you to see the posts in the Facebook group? Completely. And when you think about it, if you go to your regular Facebook page, you see a lot of news. It's just negative and and poor and sad. And, and so this is such a nice, happy and positive place to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's a happy, positive, beautiful day today. The sun is shining. It is. And we have a... Uh, we have another kind of co-host. Oh my gosh, the cutest co-host ever. Yeah, so for those of you who didn't hear yet, I got a puppy. He is eight weeks old. His name is Rumi, like the poet, R-U-M-I. He is a charcoal lab, and we literally were sitting here like, as soon as he goes to sleep, we can start recording. 
<laughs> so fingers crossed. <laughs> because if he wakes up, he can be a little demanding. A little bit. All right. Let's, since he's, like, if you hear a clanking sound, that's his collar against the floor. He's, he's moving around a little bit, but we are confident that uh, we're going to get through this episode. All right. Shall we start? Yes. Okay. How can you tell the difference between being sluggish from something you ate and not getting quality sleep? I'm struggling with knowing if I'm getting enough quality sleep. All right. So the issue is, is it that I ate something that's making me tired or am I tired because I didn't get enough sleep? How do I know the difference? Is that the question? It looks like that. Yep. I wish that things were that black and white, you know, realistically, anything that we feel is probably multifactorial, unless it's like, I'm allergic to peanuts and I just ate peanuts and now my lips are swollen. Okay, probably the peanuts. But with something like fatigue, the likelihood that it's just one thing is pretty slim. Fortunately, the answer is going to come from your own practice. So if your question is, well, was it this thing that I ate? Well, what I would challenge you to do is cut that thing out, right? This thing, like I'm wondering if this is the thing that makes me tired. Well, go without that thing consistently, maybe for a week to two weeks and see if you feel a difference. Alternatively, if you didn't want to do that, you could just start getting some more sleep while eating that thing and see if you feel better. It could be both. It could be neither. And this is one of the reasons that I'm such a huge fan of journaling and why it is really a cornerstone of the 12 weeks to transformation because you only really find these answers in your journal. I realized through journaling that sweet potatoes make me really, really tired. I could have a half a sweet potato for dinner and just want to like hit the pillow 30 minutes later. Whereas if I had broccoli or a non-starchy vegetable, I wouldn't feel that way. You've got to use your journal here because one day of, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted, isn't necessarily the sleep or the food. It could be both. It could be neither. It could be a hormonal fluctuation. It could be that you're fighting a bug. Um, but the, the answer comes from your practice. Make some changes, get some more sleep, or cut out that thing. Don't do both though, because then you won't really be able to tell. Like, Don't do both at the same time. If you want to cut that thing out, then cut that thing out, whatever it is that you're questioning if it's making you tired. Um, if you're going to see if you feel better, if you get some more sleep, then I wouldn't get rid of the food. That is, if you want to know the answer. Now, if you just want to feel better, go ahead and do both. But if your goal is to know what led to the fatigue, then just always change one variable at a time so that you're able to tell what's really going on. That's my thought on that. What next? I have listened to your podcast on identity journaling. I know one of the questions is, how do I want to feel today? And what can I do or not do to make that happen? Is that for the beginning of the day? And she continues with, after that, where do you go with it? Do you review your day at the end of the day? So when we talk about the identity journal, uh, if you've got questions about this, this is something I started talking about, I think, in episode 559. So I will link to episode 559 in the show notes. I was having a conversation with one of my dear friends, Jen. She and I both started this process of identity journaling before there was an actual identity journal that's now part of the 12 Weeks to Transformation. And we talked about questions we asked ourselves like, how do I want to feel today? If I were to go through to this day as the best version of me, what would that look like? Um, 
So that is what this question is referring to, episode 559. The physical identity journal is something that is available only through the 12 Weeks to Transformation. And again, the wait list for our next 12 Weeks to Transformation is up now. You can either go to the show notes page for today's episode, or you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. As for if this is a question for the beginning of the day, you get to decide how you journal. One of the things I tell my clients all the time is these are tools, not rules. And the sometimes this is because we evolved through this traditional schooling model. We want the right answer. We want to do things right. And we get uncomfortable if we aren't sure what is right and what is wrong. But the reality is once we get out of school, There are very few things that are, this is the only way to do it. What is actually more true is that there is a right way for you and a wrong way for you, which comes from you, not from anybody else. Now, I personally like to journal in the morning because it just gets my head in the right place for the rest of the day. If I were to ask myself later in the day, like, what's the ideal version of me? Well, I might not have that top of mind the next day when I have opportunities to create behavior change, um, and I might be reflecting back on missed opportunities from earlier in that day, so I wouldn't find that really helpful. But everybody is different. So if you have questions about the quote-unquote right and wrong way to journal, do not lose sight of the fact that your answers come from your practice. So is it for the beginning of the day? You decide start asking at the beginning of the day, start asking in the middle of the day, start asking towards the end of the day, and your practice will tell you what works best for you. I tend to journal earlier in the day only because I find it works best for me. And once my day gets rocking and rolling, I'm less likely to stop and grab my journal just because of how full my days are. As for the second part of the question, which is where do you go with it? Well, when you ask that question and, and the, the question that was asked is like, how do I want to feel and then what do I do or not do to make that happen? What's Where you go with that is executing on your answers to that second question. Like if I want to feel, is my identity journal here? It is, but it's out of reach and I don't want to screw with my mic. Um, when I journaled this morning, I had said yesterday to Sarah that I don't want to be stressed out anymore like over anything, because I realized that the things I get stressed out over, my stress doesn't help. And the things like really are not like life or death things. They're just annoyances or situations or even opportunities, right? So today when I was journaling, I said, I want to feel calm and relaxed all day long. What can I do or not do today to make sure that I feel that way is where you go next with it. So I decided that I'm just going to practice not getting aggravated when the puppy needs to go out every hour and I have to stop what I'm doing. Like I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to embrace the fact that I get to go outside and I get to take more breaks from my work and I have a beautiful puppy. And I'm, I've opted into this. Nobody brought a puppy to the door and said, here, do it. You know, I made this choice. So where you go with it is following through on that what can I do or not do today to feel that way. So if you say, I want to feel confident and capable today, I want to feel in control of my choices today, and the second question is, what can I do or not do today to feel that way? Well, where do you go with that? You act on those answers. So this same reader continues on with some questions um, in regards to the journaling. And um, the other question that intrigued her was, what if blank were possible? 
Uh, They can't remember what comes next. After you ask yourself that question and fill in the blank, what do you do with it? Do you just meditate on that? Are we just throwing the possibility out there? If it seems possible, how do you go about making it happen? It's daunting but exciting for me to think of these possibilities. Before you get to the specifics of like the examples she gave, because I know she wrote in a bunch of examples, let's let's break that down first. So I don't think this was in the same episode. It wasn't in 559. In fact, um, it's been more recent that I've been talking about it on the podcast and I sent it out in a VIP email maybe two weeks ago. Um, but it was this daily practice that I've started of just brainstorming what's possible. Like what if blank was possible? What if it was possible for me to um, have three kids and also work as much as I work now? What if it was possible? What if it was possible for me to spend two hours working in my garden every single day and not feel like I should be working? What if it was possible for me to have... um, all the time I want for my work and an epic relationship and an exciting sex life and all of those things. What if it was possible? What if it was possible for me to truly desire to eat well every single day and not battle with that? What if it was possible for me to be um, in my integrity with my work and also in financial abundance all the time, right? Just like throwing possibilities out there. There's no right or wrong. What if it would be possible for me to have an oceanfront home and a home in the mountains and renovate the house I live in now? What if all of it was possible, right? The reader wants to know, the listener wants to know, like, what comes next? I want to turn that on you. What comes next? The primary goal of this for me, and if you're going to ask the question, then you have your own reasons for asking the question. But one of the primary goals for me is to think outside the box. And I'm using this question as a practice of thinking outside the box because what often happens is that we think in in line with the way we've always thought, either from our own experiences or what we've seen other people achieve. And we rarely challenge ourselves to think bigger, to dream bigger, to go bigger, to do more. And why I ask this question is to practice expanding the limits of my own possibilities, right? The other thing that's really helpful for me is that it is a tool that I use to get more excited. I've noticed in my own life and with my clients that one of the primary factors when people are struggling is that they're not excited about whatever it is they're trying to achieve. They're just sort of like, meh, I really want this, but gosh, it's such a struggle. There is a huge lack of enthusiasm. So one of the reasons I ask this question is to generate enthusiasm. Because those are my purposes, that's often enough for me, right? At the same time, though, it's not to say that I won't get a really great idea and want to follow through with it. So to answer this question, like what comes after what's possible and going through that exercise, it depends on why you're doing it. If you're doing it to get more motivation, enthusiasm, excitement in your life, is it working? If you're doing it because you want to create bigger and better things, then what will that take? This comes back to the same thing where you may have a tendency to want somebody else to tell you how to do something the right way. 
And I'm here to say that you decide the right way for you. And this person went on to give a bunch of examples like, what if I stopped living for the next big event, like my next birthday or Christmas and just started making decisions every day? Okay, well, do you want to create that as a reality? And if yes, then what are you going to do about it? This comes down to you taking responsibility There is no doubt in my mind that if you think, well, what if this were possible? And you're like, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Then you know what you need to change today, how you need to act differently, think differently, behave differently today to make that happen. I can't tell you what comes next because that depends on why you're doing it to begin with, if that is working for you, what you want to create for your life and what you're willing to put into it. This to me represents a great opportunity to challenge yourself to create your own answers instead of looking for somebody else to give them to you. I think that tackles that pretty well. Mm -hmm. You want to move on to the next one? Sure. What I struggle with the most is that she identifies with sugar addiction. I know that I would be healthier if I never ate refined sugar, but it's a mind game where I feel deprived instead of feeling elated that I'm choosing to do good things for myself. I just don't know how to get out of my own head. I would be healthier too if I never ate refined sugar, but that's not a standard that I set for myself. It doesn't mean that it's not a standard you want to set for yourself, but I don't even play. Let me tell you how I think about it. Would I be healthier if all I ate was like meat, vegetables, nuts, seeds for the rest of my life? Sure. Absolutely. Can I be healthier than I am now? meet my goals, live really well, and feel amazing about self-care, and also have room for occasional indulgences, whether that's ice cream or a cupcake or a margarita. Yeah. So, so much of this comes down to, do you know how you want to live, number one? Because if your goal is to never have refined sugar, then okay, let's talk about the mindset and the perspective to pursue that. But I have yet to meet somebody who says, yep, it is truly my goal to be a purist and I'm excited about that and I want to make it happen. I'm not saying you don't exist. You just, I just haven't talked to you yet, which is fine. Um, so in this case, I would say, is it your goal to have a purist relationship with food where you never indulge and you never have sugar? And I think that's totally fine if that is your goal, but I do think for most people that is not the goal. Now from there, where she says it's a mind game, I feel deprived instead of feeling like really excited that I'm taking great care of myself. That doesn't come from the sugar. That doesn't come from the pursuit of minimizing sugar. That comes from your perspective. So you are the storyteller, right? It's just like, and I wrote about this in Chasing Cupcakes. If you're sitting in traffic, the traffic does not stress you out. Just like the minimizing sugar doesn't make you feel deprived. The story you tell yourself about it determines how you feel. So if I'm sitting in traffic, I can absolutely tell the story of like, Jesus, this is ridiculous. Don't people know how to drive? This is so frustrating. Everybody just get it together, move forward, use your heads, get off your phones. And if I tell that my tell that story to myself, I'm going to be aggravated and on edge. And I know because I've done it. Alternatively, I can have an entirely different feeling. 
a dramatically different feeling, a polar opposite feeling with a different story. Like, what a beautiful day. And I get a little bit of extra time to listen to a song that I love, to listen to a podcast that excites me, to slow down and out, out of force, right? I cannot change it. I have to create a little bit more breathing room in my day. I cannot continue to go from this to that to the next thing because here I sit in traffic. What a gift. I'm safe. Maybe there's traffic as there often is because somebody was in a car accident and they would love to switch spots with me and be safe in their car, even if it meant being in traffic. And when I choose that perspective, when I tell that story, I'm not frustrated at all. In fact, I'm probably feeling really peaceful and grateful. The feeling does not come from the choice. The feeling comes from your perspective on it. So I've been in this situation where like, oh my gosh, it seems like everybody can just eat differently and I can't and this sucks and now I'm missing out. Alternatively, you can tell the story that the sugar's not going anywhere. It's not like there's now a sugar shortage and you can never have it again. It's just in this day, you choose to feel amazing. In this day, you've been there. You've done that. You know how that tastes. You've never been like, oh my God, that was so worth it. Let me go do it again and again and again. Today, you're giving yourself a different experience. And tomorrow, if you wake up and you really want a donut, you can choose a donut. But for today, you want to feel amazing. And it feels amazing to feel amazing. Sarah's smiling. I love that quote. Right? It's so true, though. It's so true. It is so true. Was that the one that you're making a sign for? No. What was that one? The goal is the feeling. Yes. Yes. It's kind of the same thing, right? Yes. It stems from your perspective. So Sarah and I, we won't go into the details, but right now we're doing a little bit of a detox together, three days. And uh, we could totally create a perspective that it sucks. In fact, the other day with your breakfast. Yeah. What happened with your breakfast the other day? I just tend to go for things that aren't the healthiest choices for breakfast because they're easy and quick and I just want to fly out the door. Um, and I was thinking that I have nothing to eat. Because of this thing we're doing. Yeah. Like I have, I have no choices and it was annoying. And then I thought like I have a fridge full of food that I can eat. Yeah. It was just a story. Right. And it wasn't totally true. It was just a perspective of aggravation. And it wasn't this detox we're doing that made you aggravated. Because the detox doesn't make you feel any which way. It's the story you tell yourself about it. Completely. And the same thing is true. We could create a story like I could say, hey, let's go get Mexican for lunch. And then we could both be like, oh, we can't. We're doing this stupid detox. This sucks. Oh, my gosh. Chips and guacamole would be so good right now. But that's a story. That is a story. And is it true that chips and guacamole would be like super amazing right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so is this reboot that we're doing. And in this case, it's just three days. It's not forever. I keep reminding myself of that. And in any moment, it's just that moment. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to create this victim story. Change the story and you will change your life. Period. That's all I got to say on that. That's exciting. Okay. Uh, This person says, I have no willpower. I listen to your podcast and although they are so good, nothing is helping me. I lose two to three pounds and then go on a blitz of eating poorly. At 58 years old, I don't think anything will help me. Well, if that's how you feel, I believe you. And I hope that you will choose a different story. 
Because if you tell yourself, nothing will help me, I don't think anything will help me, then what you're saying is, I'm not open to what would make a difference. You are the chooser here, right? You're saying, I lose two to three pounds and then I go on a blitz of eating poorly. So it's not that nothing will help you, it's that you're not doing it. That's totally different. You can tell yourself this story that, you know, nothing helps, what's the point, I have no willpower, and guess what? Remember that it is a cooperative journey between your thoughts and your choices. Your choices are cooperating with those thoughts. Those thoughts that you think that you shared with me, that you undoubtedly share with yourself probably multiple times a day are, I have no willpower, I do okay for a few days, and then I blow it, nothing will help me. Well, my friend, your choices will cooperate with those thoughts. Good thing for you, you are the thinker. You are not the thought. So, You have to decide at this point, do I want to continue to tell that story and live in alignment with it or do I want to change it? I can't do that for you. My podcast can't do that for you. Nobody can do that for you. Only you can do it for yourself. If you change your story, you'll change your life. Instead of I have no willpower, what am I able and willing to do today to practice following through on the commitments I make to myself. If you say I have no willpower, you're right. I believe you. When you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. When you say I don't think anything will help me, what you're not taking advantage of is only I can help myself. And I can help myself today, in this moment, in any day, in any moment. But I have to choose to. And for so long as I continue to argue for, nah, not going to work, then you won't. There's a lot that can help you but it won't until you change your story. And I hope that you'll change your story. How can you tell if you're sensitive to carbs or not? Carb sensitivity. All right. I can tell because if I walk past a plate of pasta, I gain seven pounds. No, I'm just kidding. That doesn't actually happen. But (laughs) I I used to say that to myself. Like, I can just smell them and I gain weight. Totally not true. Totally my story. Um, There is a sort of simple answer to how you can tell if you're sensitive to carbs. And then there's a more complex answer. The simple question is just looking back on your choices, like at the highest level, Do you experience fat loss best when you minimize starch and sugar, right? There are some people that are like, the only way I can lose weight is if I dial back on the carbs, right? That was certainly true for me. Like the the low-fat calorie counting approach didn't work for me. I am carb sensitive and so... I feel my best and I get the best results when I'm minimizing starch and sugar. Most people have a general sense of, yes, that's true for me, or no, it's not true for me. The other way is, do you feel like you gain weight quickly when you eat starch or sugar? Another sort of high-level common sense question. Do carbs make you tired? Do you retain a lot of water when you eat carbs? Those are some high-level questions. Now, if you really want to like prove it with numbers and data, then you can do a carb sensitivity test and you can do these at home. All it requires is a blood sugar monitor and you can get them on Amazon for, you know, 20, 30 bucks. And there are really simple, straightforward ways to do it. And there are more scientific ways to do it. I say if you're going to do it, then like do it, do it. And what you're looking for in these kinds of tests is what is my fasting blood sugar? Then when I eat a carbohydrate, not 
a whole meal, right? We're not talking about like steak and veggies and potato. But if I'm doing this carb sensitivity test, then I'm going to have this particular amount of just potato on an empty stomach. I check my blood sugar before. I check my blood sugar one hour after eating and two hours after eating. And what we're looking at is how high does your blood sugar rise? And then the second thing we're looking at is how quickly does it return to baseline? So it's less of an issue if your blood sugar rises significantly. It's more of an issue. We see carb sensitivity issues most when it takes longer to return to baseline. So let's just use random numbers that really don't necessarily correlate to anything. Let's say your fasting blood sugar was 76, right? And then you had... um, 50 grams of white rice. And let's say that it went up to 110 an hour later from 76. And then at two hours, it was back down to 80. That's good, right? But then let's say instead of being back down after an hour, it was only down, say, to maybe 98 two hours later. That is going to be a sign of carb sensitivity. The other thing to keep in mind here is that we have different sensitivities to different types of carbohydrates. So let's say that you re- you return to baseline really quickly after that white rice, but uh, when it was oatmeal, your blood sugar stayed elevated for longer, or when it was pasta, or when it was ice cream, or whatever. And there is there are a couple really great resources for this kind of testing if you wanted to do it. I did an episode on Rob Wolf's book, Wired to Eat. And he goes through an entire protocol where basically every day you're testing a different carbohydrate. Now, it's not pleasant. It totally sucks because you might be having um, 50 grams of banana on an empty stomach one day and then 50 grams of like dry white toast um, on an empty stomach the next day. Like it's not, it's a test, right? Um, but if you're really curious and you want the data, you can certainly do that. I don't think you need to do that to know if you're carb sensitive. I think those those tests, those common sense questions can really help. But I like Rob Wolf's book, Wired to Eat. I also did an episode on it I'll link to both the book and the episode in the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at primalpotential.com forward slash 588. And then the other, um, there's another book that doesn't go through the same testing protocol, but really gives a lot of like qualitative things to consider, kind of like the, um, do I feel best when I'm eating this way versus that way? It's a book called The Carb Sensitivity Program, and it's by Dr. Natasha Turner. And I will link to that as well as Rob Wolf's book, as well as the episode that I did on Rob Wolf's book in the show notes at primalpotential.com forward slash 588. Last question of the day. What are the best nutritious foods available for a person currently living paycheck to paycheck? I love this question, and I I don't know who submitted it, but I want to say bravo to you, seriously, because it is absolutely true that we can take impeccable care of ourselves when money is tight and when money is not tight. And the fact that you are looking for a way to make this work, kudos to you. I love that. And really to all of you who submit questions, but... Um, It can be an easy excuse to make when money is tight, like I just can't, but you absolutely can. I've done an episode on five meals that are under $1.99. 
Like, you can barely get that at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So I will link to that episode, uh, five meals that you can make for under $1.99. One of my favorite things, and I understand if you hear this and go, yeah, no way, not ever, because that was my reaction too until I tried it. And then everybody that I've ever made these for has been like, okay, I thought this was going to be disgusting, and they're really, really good. And that is salmon cakes made from canned salmon. And the reason I bring that up, because when you say like the best nutritious foods when you're living paycheck to paycheck, we want to make sure that A, the food is affordable, but B, as importantly, if not more importantly, it's really nutrient dense, right? We're getting the bang for our buck in terms of things like protein and fat and vitamins and minerals in one food. And canned salmon is awesome for that because not only does it get some great, good, healthy fats in there, it's a wonderful source of protein. It's also rich in omega-3s, vitamins, minerals. And I would net, like, you open it up and you think, okay, like canned fish, that is such a stretch. I get it. I felt that way too. But I make the salmon cakes from um, the 21 Day Sugar Detox. I will link to that recipe in the show notes. But the salmon, the canned salmon, I get it from Thrive Market. It is so freaking affordable. And these salmon cakes are so good. And when I make up a batch, what I do is I mix it all up and then I put the majority of them in the freezer before I cook whatever I'm going to eat for that day. Even people in my life that are like, canned fish, never, ever, ever. They eat this and they really, really, really love it. So I will put the link to the 21-day sugar detox salmon cake recipe in the show notes. I will also um, put the link to Thrive Market in the show notes because, guys, you literally will save 20 to 50% off of what you would pay in the grocery store through Thrive Market. I've got to get together Sarah, can you make a note for me to get together the clip I have uh, from the from the founder of Thrive Market? Like people are saving hundreds of dollars every quarter on groceries, and he gives me some average numbers that will just blow your mind because they're primary look primarily they're looking to serve Thrive Market is looking to serve these people who can't afford to go to Whole Foods and spend, you know, three times more on groceries. That's why they do what they do and they offer their products at 20 to 50% less than what you would find them from, uh, find them through a traditional grocer. So the canned salmon is one, Thrive Market is another. And then like chicken thighs are way cheaper than chicken breast. Um, so go with the thighs instead of the breast. And then if you can't afford things like organic meat and you're really stressed out, like, ah, I just only have so much money and it costs so much more to get organic. I hear you. What I would tell you to do is get the conventional meat, but either cut and or drain the fat. So if we're talking about something like ground beef, pour off the fat if it's not organic because the toxins are going to be stored in the fat. So that's a really great hack if you're buying conventional meat products and you you want to minimize the toxins that you're consuming. Um, or if we're talking about like steak or chicken thighs, cut the the white part, the marbles part of the beef or the white part of the chicken that's the fattier part, just cut that with some kitchen scissors because again, those toxins are going to be stored um, in the fat. And then also do frozen vegetables instead of fresh. Do what you can do. It's so much more affordable to buy frozen broccoli than fresh broccoli. And it's a step in the right direction without a doubt. And I've done a bunch of episodes on 
shopping and cooking on a budget and eating with your goals. So I'll link to those in the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 588. But I cannot strongly enough recommend Thrive Market too, because you just get huge savings there. Any thoughts on that, Sarah? You turned me on to Thrive Market and I have been loving it. And they have those little free gifts all the time too. I know. That is like a bonus. How often do you walk into Whole Foods and they send you back with $15 worth of free gifts? I know. I just got a a box of tea bags for free, which was awesome. Yeah, they do that like all the time. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, if if you're placing your order today, we're going to send in this freebie. Um, And their stuff is just so much more affordable. I know. I do the price comparisons all the time because I'm just curious and I want to make sure that like as they grow, they're still keeping those discounts and they are Mm because I'll check too. Like, okay, well, I'm placing an order on Amazon today too. And I'm like, nope, it's way more on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And it's delivered to you. Yeah. And that is one of my big, like totally unrelated to questions, but the less I can go to the grocery store, the easier I make it on myself. Because, you know, Sarah and I are doing this detox and I had to go to Whole Foods yesterday. And as I'm walking through, I'm like, well, <laughs> this kind of sucks. Like, you know, it's just easier if you just minimize that time in the grocery store. So sending it right to the door, benefit. Plus, I think when you're at the grocery store, you might be, tended, um, you might be tempted to go for something that isn't really on your list, maybe like a sweet treat or something? Absolutely. Absolutely. At Whole Foods, they have these little caramels on the checkout counter. Mm. And like, I was like, oh, that would be so good. And then I'm thinking, not today. And yeah, you don't have to put yourself into that situation if you just get it shipped to your door and you don't have to forget stuff. Do you know how often I forget things? And then I'm like, this is why I like to shop from home. Mm -hmm. It just makes it so much easier. Yeah. I hear you. All right. Well, we we successfully made it through without waking up the puppy. He is still sleeping and so cute. He's teeny. He's over here by me. Yeah, he's the cutest. All right, guys, make sure that if you have questions, if you have topics, go to primalpotential.com forward slash inbox, and you can submit your questions, topics, challenges, concerns there, and stay tuned for future Saturday episodes of the podcast. Sarah, are you doing anything fun this weekend? Let me think. Um, I don't think I have anything on my plan yet. You want to come play with an excavator? Oh, um, I don't know. I might find some other plans. (laughs) All of a sudden, I'm working. (laughs) We're getting an excavator to dig out a social seating amphitheater kind of area. So cool. How about the garden? Are you tackling that? I need a um, tiller. Guys, my plants in the basement, I'm actually going to drag Sarah out there to look uh, when we wrap recording. I've got broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage in a grow box in the basement and they look amazing and it's about time for me to move them outside. But like that terrifies me because I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to learn. Um, that kind of brings me back to the last question because I was thinking about this the other day. Why not plant some vegetables if you're yeah. able to, even just in little pots and have them available to you? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that too when this question came in and then my first thought was like, well, not everybody has room, but like even at my beach house, we have pots of tomatoes mm-hmm. like outside. And even in my kitchen, like I've got basil, which 
that basil, if I have this little plant that I spent three bucks on, well, if I can keep that going through the summer, imagine how much I would spend on basil just getting it every other week at the grocery store. And that's going to be two or three bucks every single time. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't need a lot of space to grow some veggies. You can have a, you can have a big pot on your patio. You can have something on your deck. If you have a tiny little outdoor area, you can still get something going. All right, cool. That's all we got for today. Primalpotential.com forward slash inbox if you've got questions and everything we talked about on today's episode, including the wait list for the summer 12 weeks to transformation will be up. Primalpotential.com forward slash 588. Make it a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Don't forget that every choice is a chance. Nope. I said that wrong. Did I? Every choice? Yeah, I said it right. Look at me. You know, this puppy has... uh, (laughs) <laughs> I, haven't brain. Got, I haven't gotten a lot of sleep Sarah came in this morning was like how are you I'm like it was it was what like nine o'clock mm-hmm. and I was like I feel like it's noon yeah all right we'll talk to you guys later every choice actually is a chance bye thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the primal potential podcast where my goal is not to inform you but to transform you and if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox. Just text the word primal to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big-